The Red Steeple Podcast is a production of Nolensville First United Methodist Church in Nolensville, Tennessee. Our vision is to be a neighborhood church where people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus in a welcoming church family. With this podcast, we want to explore subjects of faith to help you think critically and hopefully to see how God is working in our world and in your life. The ideas we express belong to the speakers. We aren't here to tell you how to think. We just want to give you some things to think critically about in your faith. Hi, I'm Mary Beth Hagen. I'm here with Pastor Jimmy Hendricks, and we are talking about discipleship today. Jimmy, in your last um, few lines in the podcast we did last week, you talked about being a disciple, and I told you that that word scares me. So I thought it might be cool for us to talk about what discipleship means. And and really, I'm interested in hearing um, what you say about it. Oh, I'm interested in hearing what I say about it, too. That's a great <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, discipleship is one of those uh, churchy words, right? I think... Um, I, I want to know what what scares you about it, what you think about it. First, first, I would say, on on at the simplest level, it means for us following Jesus. So, you know, Jesus as master or teacher, and us as student uh, servant. Um, that that would be my most basic uh, thought about it. Uh, what what scares you about it? Why do you, why do you think that gives you a trepidation? So I think it's the word disciple, because when you define it, I'm all on board. I get that. I'm all about doing things that make me a student. <laughs> I like to study things. I like to read things. But the word disciple feels like um, uh, I'm not in control. It feels like that side of me that just wants to be able to control my freedom. It, it kind of just feels like it hems me in. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it does. Um, I think it does him as sin because um, we are saying, you know, we're we're following someone else and we want to we want to live by somebody else's uh, direction. Um, of course, when we say that, we're trusting, you know, God who is infinitely good and has you know, the best plan for all of creation. So there's a, there's a comfort there too, but I think there is a loss of control involved. I, I think uh, w- one time without recording, we were talking about this and, and we said uh, disciple, maybe because the, the root word is discipline like that. It just sounds like a, you know, loss of control and kind of a scary word. But then what, but when I see it in action, when I see how God actually moves in my life, like the things that he has done, you know, it's real. Then that makes me want to be a follower of Jesus. Um, For instance, if I read about some way that Jesus responded to someone who was criticizing him, and I see that rather than fight or try to be right, he spoke truth, but was humble. And then in my real life, it'll always come up to where I get in that certain situation myself where I could speak up and I could argue with someone where I'm right. But if I choose to model response more, like I've seen Jesus do it. 
in scripture and decide that it's not worth winning a fight. It's more just to show love and move on. I, I don't I don't it's hard to explain, but I see the fruit of that. I see where that gives me more peace. It gives our my relationship with that person more peace. And it feels like that is a more if it just feels like that's the right response. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what um what I hear you describing is grace. So yes. which is another church word. So maybe maybe a, a simple way to describe grace is you know, God's love in action. So a disciple or, or letting someone else lead your life sounds scary until you realize that that's done with grace and mercy and that it's for the purpose of grace and mercy. So you're, you're not led down a path that's not graceful. Uh, doesn't mean it's easy or that there won't be, you know, difficulty or suffering, but uh, you're led down a path that's full of grace. I, I, I don't like to, uh, you know, quote uh, doctrinal things, you know, on on the podcast because it's, you know, they're they're wordy. But there was there was one quote um, that always sticks out to me about discipleship, um, it, and it's from the United Methodist Book of Discipline, uh, which sounds very scary, uh, but but this yeah. is a good part. <laughs> it. It, it says, support without accountability promotes moral weakness. Accountability without support is a form of cruelty. And when I first read that, I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's you know, that's obvious or, or sounds good, you know, that if you, if you only provide support but never are held accountable, you sort of become weak. Um, you don't really know direction. Uh, but if you're only held accountable, meaning you're held under these strict rules, but there's no uh, support, there's no way to grow, there's no way to be forgiven or to become something new, that's that's just torture. Or, you know, the book says cruelty. And I kept thinking about that uh, in terms of how Jesus led the, the early disciples and I think how Jesus leads us now, that, that we're both accountable to Jesus but also given the grace and the teaching and the direction and the witness of what Jesus has done and is doing uh, as a form of support. So, so I, I don't know why, but that sentence just sticks out to me and it makes me feel better about the word discipleship. Um, does that resonate for you at all? Yes, it actually, it sort of makes me think about when when Jesus first called those 12 guys to hang out with him as his disciples, right? He was choosing people that were really lower in society, right? The fishermen and the tax collectors. But I liked how he spent a lot of time just with them, teaching them. So that's, that's what I hear you saying is that he's, he's giving them the opportunity to ask questions back to him, I imagine, and, and to, learn in sort of a small environment so that then they can be prepared to go out and tell other people. And so I liked how, you know, he would tell a big crowd a parable and, and he wouldn't explain it, but privately with his disciples, he would explain it. And it's almost like that's how he started so that then he could support them 
but then when he he knew that they were trying to figure out which one of them was better than the other that's where i see the accountability he sort of comes back and and circles them back around to what his point is and that it's not about being the greatest on earth it's about serving other people it's about loving other people and being humble um that's what that makes me think yeah i i think so i'm I've always been um, fascinated by the the twelve, um, you know, representing Israel, but also that, you know, they weren't anybody famous or or you know special in the eyes of the world, and that Jesus did spend all this time with them and explain things, like you said. It, it reminds me of, um, you know, when he when he sent them out in pairs, and not just the twelve, but like seventy, and they went out and. Um, they were given instruction not to take things that, you know, would make it easier for them, right? Like they, they had to sort of strip down to the bare essentials. And so what, what they were really going with was uh, God's grace and what they had been taught. And so there's, there's an accountability there. Like they had a mission to go and tell people that the kingdom of God was at hand. Um, and even told them it wouldn't be, wouldn't be easy. And that, um, you know, there would be, people who would reject it and they were to shake the dust off their feet. Uh, they had to rely on the people they went to, to care for them. I mean, you talk about being out on a limb. Um, and yet what, what I think they discovered in that and what I think the purpose was, was that they would discover that God's grace was at work and that there were people who responded and there were people who uh, came to faith and wanted to know more. And so I think you see in that both grace and accountability. I actually heard a pastor talk about that scripture yesterday. And I think I told you, of course, you know, I still listen to your sermons, of course. (laughs) (laughs) He, he said that Jesus told them some people wouldn't want to hear what you're saying. So shake the dust off your feet because this is a gift. And so you're not supposed to, you don't, you know, Bible thump somebody over the head and you just realize that this person doesn't want to hear it and you can move on. That's probably when I'm thinking about practically how to be a disciple in today's world, you can notice that a person wants to talk about faith and it's almost like you get that little nudge and like how you feel Jesus grace. Cause that's what draws me in is I know what my tendencies are and I know things that I've done, things that I think, and they're just, they're selfish and judgmental. And so I can feel God's grace, like that forgiveness. He loves me just for who I am. And, and so that's something that I want to share. And you see people who, are sort of stuck in rotation. Maybe their um, their perspective is off. That's the um, that's the struggle of you know submitting to the authority, the discipline part, right? Like we're growing in that. Um, we're learning that. I'm I'm a pastor, and um, I still have. I mean, I'll just you you know this. We've talked before, but I'll confess it on a podcast every Sunday before I have to preach and, and all throughout the week and trying to prepare what to preach, I'm scared to death. Um, 
and I've been doing this for a while now, there's still that, um, that fear. Um, but out of that, I think comes the grace. So I would be curious to know, like in, in the opportunities where, where you felt that urging and you, and you took the risk and you spoke up, did you see a response there? Yes. I haven't, I haven't done it when I haven't done it and then felt like I was being attacked. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it, it felt like, Oh, this person does want to talk about Jesus as the higher power in our lives and what that means for our day-to-day lives. Yeah. Nobody kicked you out of the town, right? You didn't have to shake your dust off. (laughs) Right. I, I think those times do happen, and I, I think that um, God's grace goes before us. You know, uh, I, I truly believe that God's grace is for all people everywhere, and and what God is calling us to is a response. And so, I try to remind myself in prayer and and in action of you know how do you talk to people about God or how do you by what you do show people, God, I try to think about like, it's not on, you know, just you and me as disciples. In fact, it's God who's gone before us um, and that God is working through us in this. So there are, there will be times I'm positive where people reject or, or maybe in a polite way say that's not what they want to talk about or they don't think about it in that way. And I think it's important for us to listen in that time too, and to, you know, to engage, but um, I think more often than not, my experience has been that um, I discovered that that God's grace was there and, and waiting for for one of the disciples to to bring it up in that moment. I agree. I it's pro- this is probably why it's easier to approach discipleship from a point of service. I feel like it's easier to to help a person, to serve a person, to check on a person than it is to sit down and just start talking about God. But in doing the service and showing love to people and sometimes people who are nothing like you, that's when the doors start open to where you feel like God's grace, I don't no, I get what you're saying. I, I, I think what you're saying is um, by living out God's call to love others, right? To, to help others, to provide for others' needs, um, that we sort of open the door and build a relationship that maybe makes you feel more comfortable to have the conversation about God. Is that does that sum it up? Yes, you always have the words. <laughs> yes, the relationship that's what opens. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. I um, This is one of those areas where, like, in my church work, uh, I struggle that um, that I'm not separating the two, right? Because I'll just speak for myself. Um, I'm much better at sort of, like, visiting and doing nice things um, and caring for people's needs, which are all part of the gospel and, uh, and are grace-filled. Um, and, I, and I do those, I pray out of a re- uh, um, response to God's grace for all people. Uh, but where I struggle then is that next step, right? Like making the relationship, 
um, invitational into actual talk about what it means to be a disciple. So it's sort of like, uh, I'm happy to, to do this for you, um, and I do it in the name of Jesus. Uh, but then that next question is the one that feels so scary, you know, like, would you ever want to talk about, you know, what that means and, and what that might mean in your life? And so sometimes I feel like I'm all gung-ho for doing the, the service part. And really, they're not separate. And that's what it boils down to. It's also a service to share um, what God's done in our life and to be invitational to people um, so that they can experience um, God or think about God in a new way. They're not separate. So I totally get how we, how we use that model. Um, my, my answer has tried to be, uh, let's say if we're doing a food pantry, right? Lots of churches have food pantries. If you have a food pantry, that it be clear that, that we believe in, in helping people who are food insecure because of Jesus's love for those people and all people. So it's not because it feels good because there are lots of people who do things because it feels good and it's right for the world and it's just the, the right thing to do. But, but for us, it's the right thing to do because of God's love. And so being really upfront about that has helped me sort of think about, you know, I, I want people to know this is because of God's love. And then that makes the the transition to at some point, um, you know, what, what does God mean to you? That makes that easier. Does that make sense? Yes. I think it's really, so when I always think in incomplete thoughts, so bear with me, <laughs> but like you have the title of pastor. So people expect you to say, I'm doing this out of God's love. Right. But for the rest of us, it seems like it, it's not what people expect to hear us say. It's hard to say that. And I know that that sounds terrible to say out loud. It almost feels like a confession. But I do think that the more I, number one, read scripture and observe how Jesus was responding when he was on earth as a human. When I do that, and then when I see how modeling that in my daily life plays out that's what sort of gives me the confidence to say you know actually this is what I believe because I've seen God work in my life whenever I responded in a way that was modeled as Jesus modeled it and then that gives me the confidence to where I can share God to other people but just coming out of the gate and saying that, even when we're doing something like Room in the Inn at our church, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I totally agree, agree with what you're saying and haven't always been a pastor. And so here's the thing from sort of my perspective, um, people expect it from a pastor. Uh, it also makes it easier to dismiss because, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing something for somebody and I say, you know, I'm doing this because of God's love for all of us, you know, they're like, okay, pastor. <laughs> <laughs> um, if somebody who's not the pastor um, says, you know, I'm doing this because I feel so strongly about God's love for all of us, that, that to me carries more weight. Um, so I, 
I think however we do it, it's part of being a disciple to share that love, both, um, you know, invitationally by our words and by our actions, how we stand up for justice, how, you know, it, it's, it's all encompassing and it's a, and it's a responsibility. And I, that's why I'm okay with the word discipline and, and discipleship, because it's not just a responsibility. It, it's also the grace to grow into it. And it's forgiveness for when we fail, and it's hope that we can be something more. There's a there's a thought there, you know, where you talked about um, the way Jesus did things in Scripture. It seems like you know every miracle, every every time that Jesus sort of physically manifests God's grace and and demonstrates that love, it's always connected to this message of the kingdom of God is at hand, like. It's available to us right here and right now. And so, you know, however you do it um, for anybody, I think that's the important part is, am I relying upon God's grace? Am I living into this, you know, call and responsibility that I've been given? Um, and am I doing that in love? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I, what makes me excited is to think about um, what the world looks like when more people take up this idea of discipleship and start living their lives as with that being the focal point, following Jesus and, and serving others in a way that is pleasing to God, which is, you know, really comes down to loving and caring for people. Yeah. And I, I think, um, we talked a lot about uh, kind of our conversation led us towards, uh, you know, almost an evangelism side, right? Like both in word and action. Um, but I also want to say uh, for me, discipleship is also about, um, you know, what we like to call spiritual disciplines, you know, the study of scripture uh, in prayer, uh, prayer itself, worship, service, uh, with, without those means of grace, without those ways to encounter the living God, um, then we don't know how to follow. We, we don't know how to follow um, if, if we don't practice those things. So for me, that discipline word is about that too. So I can always want to do good things. I think that's God working through me, but being a, a disciple is about sort of committing myself to the ways that allow me to know God and to open myself to God and to be willing to allow God to work through me, uh, to take those chances. And, you know, Hey, we're just two people. Uh, what do we know? I, I think there are lots of people who do it in a different way, who, who are able to project God's grace out into the world and to reach people and for people to be able to see God moving in their lives. And so, However we do it, I think um, ultimately it's God's work that um, God's doing through us. I like that. That's a great way to end it, too. But I, I really appreciate the concept that there are lots of ways to do discipleship. And so my personality might lend itself to being a disciple that looks one way and, and your personality and gifts may lead you to be a disciple in a different way. But but that's all, all good, right? Yeah, I think we're all different by God's plan. And 
that's one of the things that scares me uh, about uh, church, you know, little C church uh, in general is that sometimes we get stuck in our own way and uh, God made us all different by design. And so uh, the way that I respond to God's grace uh, may look totally different than the way that you do, um, but they may both be serving God's purpose. And so discernment's involved there, but ultimately the question I like to ask myself is, uh, what have I done today to open myself to God, uh, to grow in my love of God and other people, and how have I shared that? And those answers might look totally different for different people. You and I may have totally different answers there, but but God's the one who uh, is in charge of this thing. And that gives me some comfort. <laughs> I agree. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time today. Oh, it was fun. It was fun. Thank you. I suppose the person that showed me Jesus in my life was probably my mom, and that was by her examples. Growing up before podcasts and even the internet, she'd clip her coupons out of the Sunday paper and wait for triple coupon day. And then with the hundreds of dollars of toiletries she, she got basically free, she donated all of that to the women's shelter there in town. She was always helping others quietly. Never took any videos of it, never expected a fanfare. She would, she'd go and help people uh, quietly. That's how she thought it should be. And, and then come back home and get on with things. The people who showed me Jesus are Pastor Jimmy and Miss Annie. I see Jesus's love in my mom and dad. They take me to church, do devotions with me, and teach me how to help others. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Red Steeple Podcast. I know this one had some technology glitches, so bear with us. Amanda Jones does an amazing job with editing, and that was all in the recording. So thank you, Amanda, for what you do. I also want to thank Tom, Will, and Carol for contributing. We hope that we've given you something to think about so that you can explore your faith more deeply and talk with others. Stay safe and be well.